BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I am Lauren Elizabeth. And today for our current mood convo, I'm going to be joined with one of my OG podcast friends and just obviously now real life friend, Scout Sobel. She is absolutely incredible as a human being and as an emotional entrepreneur. That's the title of her book. She is the founder of Scouts Agency, a PR agency that gets women as guests on podcasts. She is the co-host of the OK Sis podcast with her sister Maddie, my other friend. Hey Mads, what's up? Her story is absolutely incredible. She is so beyond successful and it obviously did not come without trials and tribulations. She's been living with a severe case of bipolar disorder for 15 years and she was once unable to hold a job, go to college, or literally dysfunction in today's society. But obviously now she manages her bipolar disorder successfully. She uses her mental strength to fuel her entrepreneurial dreams. And she shares her mental health journey to inspire other women to feel safe in their emotions and follow their calling with her solo podcast and with her new book, Emotional Entrepreneur. We are going to get into all things Scout and you guys are going to absolutely love this conversation. It's just so real. It's so honest and it's really inspiring. I feel like for me personally, it's exactly what I needed to hear last week and I feel like you guys are going to love her just as much as I do but first let's obviously jump into best mood and worst mood of the week I have to say that I feel like it's just (laughs) so legit now that you guys are also writing down your best moods and worst moods whether they're of the week or of the day of the month whatever it is you guys sold out the journal in literally like I think three days which is insane because if you watch the YouTube video or just I don't know listen to me talk hi you're doing it right now you know how much this journal meant to me because usually I'm able to just like think of something create it with my team and this was something that you know Everyone was like, you know, why don't we start with a blank journal? Why don't we do this? We don't want to invest the money because what if it doesn't work? And so I literally was like, no, I know this is going to work. This is what I want to do. I want to do it the right way. And I literally made these journals all on my own. Obviously, I had help shipping them to you guys because I didn't want you all to murder me. They literally got to you guys in like 45 seconds because I'm already seeing so many Instagrams. And I'm just so beyond grateful. And I'll kind of talk about it why in my worst mood. But I just have to say thank you guys so much for selling out the journals. I wish I had an update right now for you because usually I do. But since obviously, like I said, this launch was very different. I did it by myself. I have to figure out like what we do now um, because y'all sold it out so fast. So thank you so, so, so much. I like it just feels so real. I literally prepped for the podcast in the journal today, which was really, really fun. And I'm going to post it on Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth at mood with Lauren Elizabeth and now let's talk about my best mood or should we do worst mood first I'm looking at the journal let's see um okay let's do worst mood first because my worst mood this week was just like not feeling good enough and I talk a lot about how I've been on this like lifelong journey to feel valuable and to feel worthy and to feel good enough and I've come such a long long way but I definitely have realized especially the past week couple weeks I've really just been taking on all of the negative thoughts in my head and internalizing them not as like a hundred percent truth but definitely like letting them get in my way get in my head I feel like it comes a lot to just like life and then career so I feel like that's why I get so much anxiety when I go on social media is because I'm just like why am I on here like no one cares what am I doing I don't long here anymore like I just don't feel good enough and I and I'm not saying this to like feel sympathy I'm just trying to explain like sometimes I just feel like I'm just not successful and irrelevant and stupid and then it kind of like trickles obviously into my personal life where I'm just like oh my god I'm single I'm not good enough I'm the worst blah 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 and 
it's just obviously like a really shitty feeling when you're just like constant like those thoughts are just like coming in all the time and it's like been to the point where like I've oh my god I feel like I could like literally cry right now I've just I've been oh my god whoa (laughs) um I just feel like oh my god (laughs) okay I just feel like I think that's why I didn't do the podcast last week um and I just took time off of Instagram oh my god what is wrong with me I'm so sorry just because I feel like I I just feel like I've been really down on myself a lot lately and obviously it's so much easier to talk about these things when they're in hindsight um because then you don't sound like this so really really sorry I didn't expect this to happen and I'm I'm kind of annoyed um so let's move on to best mood (laughs) my best mood of the week is noticing the narratives I tell myself and I've been working on this a lot with my therapist because when I talk to her about things that are happening or going on and I'm explaining to her kind of basically what I just explained to you guys in worst mood she was just like you have to like notice like how you're framing this in your mind and the narrative you're making around this like for instance um let's say like I didn't sell out the journal right which like obviously that was like the biggest fucking mood booster ever based on like how I'm feeling not that like you know that that's what defines my mental health but that's what I'm saying like it's a mood booster just it you know it was just so fucking nice and amazing but like let's say I didn't sell it out and I was on the phone with my therapist I would just be like I'm irrelevant I'm stupid I'm unsuccessful I'm never gonna like all that stuff and like well I didn't sell out because of x y and z and she just really calls me out. I'm like, is that true? Like, why are you framing it this this way? Like, listen to how you're speaking to yourself. Listen to the narrative you're telling yourself about why this is happening or why this happened. Because I tend to take on everything as my own problem. When I say my own problem, it's because I am the problem. So I've really been focusing in my best mood of like realizing what I'm saying about a situation. I was even just getting coffee with a friend and I wasn't like a hundred percent, but I was like, okay, don't you think that this didn't totally happen because of me? Because in reality, I actually wasn't being crazy or like whatever she's like no yeah like this like literally didn't happen because of you at all like you're fine when if I didn't say that and I didn't notice that narrative I would have just taken that on as like oh my god this one thing happened because it's me and it's all my fault so that's why like I really encourage you guys to be vulnerable even with just friends and stuff because even just saying it out loud and you know like you should have friends in your life that are going to be straight up with you no matter what and so when I say like hey this is the narrative I'm telling myself is this true or like false my friends will like be like okay well it's half true or no it's not true at all like they're not gonna lie to me and just gas me up so I think it's really good that I'm at least noticing the narratives I tell myself about stuff in my head because or else it's gonna kill me like literally and so my best mood has been at least noticing and cutting it off a little bit sooner I mean I'm clearly still like not a hundred percent And I was even just like thinking throughout the week, just how, you know, I talk so much about mental health and I have this podcast and obviously all this stuff. And I feel like sometimes it's, there's this expectation that like, since I talk about it and I'm so open about it, that I'm like fine. And I think there's like a big misconception of like living with mental illness that I just, because I have anxiety and depression and I'm like very open about it and take good care of myself and do therapy and like all this stuff just means that I'm like healed a hundred percent. And I think that that's just never going to be the case. I think I'm going to have longer and longer stretches of periods of times where I am okay and I'm way more okay than I once was I'm way better at getting okay but the reason I talk about mental health is because I struggle with my mental health so when I'm not okay um and I can't work or get out of bed or whatever I feel like you know when I talk about it I don't want it to be like oh my god this is getting old or whatever and it's like you think it's getting old like it's getting old for me too but I want to give people hope that like you're gonna be okay like if I can be okay and like I can get through all this stuff and like I can still like yeah I missed a week of my podcast that sucks like I literally just lost money last week Uh, it's not it's not good but I'm able to do it this week and I'm able to keep going and I just was like could have been bawling crying about I don't know three minutes ago so I just want to I don't know say that to be like you're gonna be okay and I think I'm more okay than I realize 
And that's a part of the narrative I tell myself. Like I could easily cry and be so upset and all this stuff. And like I don't realize how okay I am because I want to just think about all the worst things and I want to make things worse in my head and I want to feel badly about myself. And you have to realize the narrative you're telling yourself and you have to like really ground yourself in reality and realize what is happening and like how much actually good you have in your life instead of just focusing on all the shitty stuff that's either happening or has happened or how you feel. You guys, gaps in the diet shouldn't be ignored. I mean, there's over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 that are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting enough of their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. These are two very important things to me and I talk to you about them all the time. If you're very overwhelmed and you don't know like where to start, I highly recommend Rituals Essential for women 18 plus multivitamin. It was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. So it's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But you guys, Ritual didn't stop there. They also invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial, which you know I geek out about every single time I talk about it because they wanted to prove the impact of the essential for women 18 plus multivitamin. And you know the result. It was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43%, omega-3 DHA levels by 41%, and this is all in just 12 weeks. Getting a published clinical study is a big deal and a serious commitment to a first-of-its-kind standard in the industry. So if you're not a geek like me, you need to know that this is actually like a really, really big deal. They're also committed to third-party testing from USP and the Non-GMO Project, traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, and always clear communication, no shady stuff. And I'm really excited because I saw this on Instagram. They just released their new Symbiotic Plus. It's a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics all in one minty capsule. It's just one one delayed release symbiotic plus capsule per day so you don't have to have this whole like gut routine and it supports your gut with all the quality and traceability you'd expect from ritual i'm so excited about their new product because you guys know i absolutely love their multivitamin it's so easy to travel with my favorite part is that it obviously has that like minty flavor because sometimes i like don't want to be taking pills or whatever so i'm a huge fan of ritual and i'm so excited about their symbiotic plus because i've never seen anything like it so i was like whoa what is this Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash mood and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash mood. For mood boosters this week, one of my mood boosters, ironically, was an emotional release because I just like, you know, I jot notes down. I'm not going to like write the whole thing. And basically, I was, this is so embarrassing. It was a mood booster for two reasons. Because you guys know that I've been watching the show Nashville, which is, just a mood booster in itself because you know a good binge there's nothing like it for us anxiety girlies we have a show we know our characters we feel safe we feel comfortable like we're engaged but we kind of know what to expect so Nashville has been a huge mood booster for me because I've been just absolutely loving watching it and being cozy on the couch like I always tell you if you've watched Nashville you know like the big thing that happens and if you haven't I won't say anything but I will just say that I was hysterically crying for I'm literally not over exaggerating two hours hours like I'm not kidding you hysterically crying and I was thinking about it and I just feel like it was this emotional release for me that I probably needed because I feel like I could have cried a lot more in the past month than I have and I feel like I was just triggered because a like I cry at tv shows I'm a cancer cancer season's over but whatever like we do not change I don't know like I probably would have cried at the tv show but I think it triggered me to the point where like I was like bawling crying for two hours and just felt so many things but at the same time I feel like that's why I say you have to feel your feelings because I think I needed to cry and I think I needed to bawl my eyes out and it just really helped me like realize like why I was triggered and like why I was crying and it was this big emotional release that I think really really helped me and helped me see a little bit more clearly and like obviously it's hysterical that it came from a stupid tv show oh I don't think it's stupid but you know what I mean it came from a tv show and it's odd but honestly like I feel like a mood booster was bawling crying like it was an emotional release and it really honestly helped me a lot and clearly I might need another one because I started crying um, on the intro of this podcast and had to pull it together so that's interessante Dante but (laughs) before I did that that's what I wrote down for my mood booster my next mood booster is clicking play on a workout I don't want to do And the reason I say I don't want to do it is not because I don't want to work out. I've actually been like really 
addicted to working out the past week. I think it's just because I've had so much anxiety. Like I need a place to put it, which is so odd. That's never been like my thing until the past like few months. But the reason I don't want to click it is because the thing I told you guys about, I get embarrassed in the gym and it's so freaking annoying. It It's like literally so annoying. I'm like, no one's looking at you. No one cares. Why are you so embarrassed? Like, I feel like the only thing I'm not embarrassed to do in the gym is abs. And it's like, if I have weights, I'm embarrassed. If I'm doing like a butt exercise or something, I get embarrassed because like I don't have any like butt. And <laughs> I feel like I don't want like people to like look at me. I don't know. I just, I hate being looked at. I don't know. And so I told myself, Lauren, you need to like get over it. You can't just do abs for the rest of your life. You can do a workout that requires standing up because I feel like if I'm laying down, no one can see me as much. You know what I mean? And so I pressed play on like two workouts I didn't want to do. I did one booty workout by Melissa Wood Health. Obviously, I did a Sammy Clark ab. I did an, oh, did I do an arm? I did like something arms. I did something. But I basically have been like pushing myself to do other workouts in the gym, feel the fear and do it anyway, because I have a fear of people looking at me and looking stupid and just anything in general. I even like brought my ball of weights downstairs and set up my thing. And I have to say like shout out to the girl who was in the gym using her ball of weights, doing Pilates, looking at her phone. And like it inspired me. I was like, she's doing it. Why do I care so much? I don't know why I care so much because I'm a psychopath. So I was really proud of myself and I want to keep pushing myself because it's like, who cares? And I want to do so much more in the gym, but I just get so much in my head because I'm literally exposing myself as a crazy person. Whatever. Feel the fear and do it anyway, ladies. My next mood booster is a little bit of a nighttime ritual. I've been drinking this tea before bed and then taking my Symbiotica, like little pouch vitamins before bed. And I just really like it because I like having that stuff on my nightstand. Usually I'm just like a bring your big ass water to your nightstand girly and like take your meds. But I've been bringing those like couple little things to the bedroom and it helps me wind down a little bit. It's kind of like in the winter when I told you guys about like my whole foot cream and lotion routine and everything and I don't really need that in the summer because like I'm not dry at all yeah this was like a nice little switch up I definitely need to get like a tea kettle is that what it's called because I'm craving like even a little bit more tea I'll tell you guys about the tea that I drink next podcast because I'm not like a hundred percent committed to um telling you guys what I like yet because I need to be obsessed with it but I have liked having that little extra nighttime ritual of the little pouches the little bit of tea and then kind of like getting into the coziness you know and finally my last mood booster is it's a new motherfucking month it is August and I've never been so excited July just like literally fucking sucked and that's okay it's fine it's over so I think when I saw that it was August 1st I thought huh like this is really like I could make this whatever I want. Like I could look back and be like, wow, the past 30 days have been pretty tight. You know what I mean? So I think it was just this nice headspace of realizing it was a new month and realizing July was over and like knowing my birthday month was over because I just like didn't even care about my birthday. I mean, I never really do, but there was just something refreshing about like a new month. It's like less pressure than a new year or anything like that. It's just a new clean slate, a new month. It's August and I don't know. I just like having like a fresh sheet of the calendar, a fresh everything. And so honestly, it was a really big mood booster that July was over and it's August and it's a new month. Are you tired of bras that don't fit small chests? Pepper bras are designed for small chested women with double A to B cups. They're founded by women and pepper bras provide the perfect fit and flattering lift for no more cup gaps. I've been kind of into like a little bit of lift lately, a little bit of like making it look like I have boobs. Like I've been wearing a little bit of bras. I didn't even know where to shop for them. I didn't even know how to get them. And that's why I was so excited when I saw pepper because they fit perfectly for double A to B cups and you don't have like those cup gaps or like uncomfortable padding. It's just like the perfect fit. I mean, they're custom. Customers love it. Pepper has literally sold a million bras in just five years, which is absolutely insane. And their mission is to inspire women to embrace and celebrate your body as it is. So there's no like unnatural padding to make you look like two sizes bigger. It just kind of like makes your chest look like a better version of your boobs when you want to wear a bra does that make sense because like that's like what I wanted to feel like and so I've really been loving it it's so comfortable and they're designed to make you feel positive empowered love your body as it is if you don't trust me they've been featured in BuzzFeed Oprah Daily Glamour CNN NBC and Pop Sugar you can try Pepper risk-free with free shipping and returns on orders over $99 and just embrace the flat and flattering with bras that celebrate your body just as it is you can get 20% off your first order when you go to wear 
wearpepper.com slash mood. That's W-E-A-R pepper.com slash mood to get 20% off your first order. W-E-A-R pepper.com slash mood. Okay, you guys, enough from me. I clearly need to go gather myself anyway. Enjoy. You're, I mean, hashtag girl boss, podcaster, soon to be mama, everything. And obviously we've known each other for a few years now, but this is, I think, the first time I've had you by yourself on your podcast because we recorded like forever ago in Los Angeles when my podcast was a mess. Your podcast was not a mess. It was super fun. We came to your house. Yeah, that was a really, really long time ago. I feel like before even the podcast industry is like blown up to what it is yeah. today, it was a lot more casual. It was a lot more fun. And I'm excited to be here solo because I think I'm definitely, obviously, I'm the co-host of Okus's podcast with Mads. But I definitely think that I'm a different person solo. Like, I feel like on Ocasis, I am who I am with my sister. And then other places, totally. I'm just who Scout is, you know? I feel that I want to normalize people having multiple versions of themselves. Yes. It, I think it comes along with branding and social media and even whether you do it like as a career or just what you put on the internet. I'm just, why do I have to be the exact same person on every single platform and just have like one part of myself? Like sometimes we're psychopaths and sometimes we're just like really well-spoken ladies, you know? Yes. That took me a very long time to get comfortable with that notion, especially because my my sister is very loud and she's very different from me. And so it uh, took me. Yeah. <laughs> you did turn down her volume on her mic. It's that bad, Maddie. Yeah. You're listening. We were recording in person <laughs> together and I like kept going like this, like my ear was getting shocked. Um, and so, you know, on OK Sis, I, I talk about like vagina sweat and I talk about how I can't shave my vagina being pregnant or I'll talk about like whatever, you know what I mean? Sex and blah, blah, blah. And that is obviously not the person I present when it comes to Scott's agency or the emotional entrepreneur. Um, but it is a really big part of me and it took me a while to get comfortable to be like all facets of myself on the internet. And also like I, at this point, finessed kind of like how I show up depending on who I'm talking to, etc. But that was a really big, like out of my comfort zone moment. Cause I do think that, okay, sis is, is the majority of like viewed through Maddie's lens versus mine at times. Um, but in that I've come out of my shell, I've become a lot more sillier. I've been able to be a lot more intimate and vulnerable in other places. I haven't like looked at myself as such this like serious all black business person. And that's really good for your fucking soul. And it's real. So it's been a podcasting has been a journey, man. Well, yeah, let's like take it back to the beginning because I don't even off the top of my head, honestly, remember how you and Maddie got started. And obviously I know you've been in PR forever and that's such a cool story. So I want you to kind of explain your journey to where you are now, since we just kind of talked about that. Let's back it up and take me from the beginning of social media, PR, podcasting, all that good stuff. Okay. So I, five years ago, maybe six years ago, lived in this loft in San Diego with my husband and across the street was a wholesale produce store. Like they sold the groceries to restaurants, but they allowed people to walk in like pedestrians. Um, uh, but no one really knew about it, but I did because I lived next door and I got a discount. So I shopped all my stuff there. And then all of a sudden they opened a podcast studio in the middle of this like <laughs> warehouse place. And since I knew all the girls, I was like, yo, can I jump in there? And they just produced my podcast for free for a year. And so oh that's God. actually where I started but since I, I wasn't treating it seriously, I wasn't taking it like a business, like it was kind of stale. I just kind of showed up and did it, whatever. And then OKSIS okay, started because Mads and I were at the OK Valley Inn and Spa for her birthday. We had That's like the best place. I know. We had like a bunch of rosé. We had just gotten massages. And I was like, I don't have a podcast episode for next week because I suck at my podcast. Will you be a guest? And so we went to the business center. We shot the shit, shoot the shit, whatever you say. My podcast was what you would think it would be for me. It was business. It was mental health. It was spirituality. And Mads and I were just like eating truffle chips tipsy talking about The Bachelor for an hour. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, there's something really, there's a really magnetic energy that's concentrated when Mads and I are together behind a mic. And so I texted her two weeks later. I was like, I should stop this and we should start a podcast together. And that's how we started okay sis august 2018 and we just jumped in and it was pretty crazy because mads and i didn't know like we didn't have a career like we didn't know anybody we didn't have friends who had influence or whatever shit now i don't know this whole industry and it just placed us into the room with people that we admired like entrepreneurs authors reality tv stars you know that's how we connected and so the power of podcasting started becoming very apparent to me, which is how I started 
my agency, which is essentially, uh, we run podcast tours. So we get female entrepreneurs mm-hmm. as guests on podcasts as a form of PR to tell their stories. So that's kind of like how my business was born. And then because I live with bipolar disorder, Maddie got really sick and tired of me saying I live with bipolar disorder. And I felt as if I needed a very significant and special place to talk about my mental health journey. So I launched the Emotional Entrepreneur podcast and then that became a book and everything oh, so the, the, For some reason, I thought that the podcast in the book, oh, was it because you changed names? Yeah. So the podcast, Is that why I'm thinking wrong? Yeah. The podcast started Scout Podcast, but it was... Uh, a podcast about the intersection between business and mental health. And then once I launched the book, I changed the name to The Emotional Entrepreneur since it was like the same conversation that was being had at both. Well, yeah. I mean, what was the journey like for you going from someone who was, you know, had just probably figured out your mental health and bipolar disorder and then jumping into like all these new career like things because you couldn't even like hold down a job at one point because your mental health was in such, you know, a different place than it is today. Yeah. At the age of 20, I was formally diagnosed and I was at college in New York and I was on like the next flight home. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder type two. That was almost 11 years ago. And 11 Um, years ago, like Instagram wasn't a thing. Podcast wasn't a thing. I couldn't like look up the personal brand thought expert on bipolar disorder and listen to all of their podcast episodes and feel like I had a path forward or feel like I had inspiration. I felt done for. I felt clinical. I felt crazy. I was like, I'm an insane person. And so it was a really, really big struggle. I suffered from everything from depression to anxiety, to hypomania, to psychosis, to paranoia, to suicidal ideation, to catatonia, which is when my nervous system just stops and I become paralyzed for hours on end. I've been 5150. They locked me up. I've been an outpatient. I couldn't hold a minimum wage job. And it wasn't until I turned 21 and I started dating my now husband and boyfriend who comes from the recovery world, who looked at me and said, I don't care if you're depressed. If you're depressed and hopeful, I will stay in this relationship. Mm. If you're depressed and hopeless, I can't be here anymore. Damn. And that was the first time someone looked at me and was like, I acknowledge that this is real and I'm not going to like just dim the areas that you 100% have control and can show up and take power over your life. Mm. And so that's when I started going down a really, really radical healing journey. And I found entrepreneurship at the age of 22, which after failing 25 bajillion jobs and Mm -hmm. dropping out of college twice and like all this stuff, I was sitting at a coffee shop with a friend of mine and I said, do you want to start a magazine? And she said, yes. And we were just going to Printed at Kinko's and pass it out for free. And my mind just like fucking switched. And all of a sudden I had meetings with like the top printers and I had to raise $10,000 and I made a Kickstarter and we had a three issue run. The second was sold and distributed on newsstands across the country. The third Barnes and Noble asked me if they could distribute my magazine and Halsey was on the cover. And I was like, whoa. So the traditional route of college, of working the internship, of being you know, a barista or whatever, that path didn't work for my mental illness, but entrepreneurship was a container and a framework that allowed me to take responsibility over my life because there was all the responsibility. Like if I didn't show up, no one would. Like if Lauren Lewis doesn't show up, there is no podcast. And that's the type of almost like pressure it put on me. Um, And I just found purpose. Like I found passion. And so I chased entrepreneurship my entire 20s. I would say between the ages of 22 and 27, before I started Scott's agency, I did like 10 things. I like tried to do a blog. I tried to do a social media agency. I was floundering. And by the time I started Scott's agency, I wish I could say that my mental health was buttoned up and great. Um, I think Scott's agency was the last catalyst that was like, you need to fucking deal with your shit now or else Mm -hmm. this business will swallow you whole. And that's when I realized that entrepreneurship and owning a business is the biggest personal development game in the world. And it really provided me with that last layer of healing that I needed to, at this point today, feel very safe in my emotions. I manage my bipolar disorder beautifully. I'm not afraid of it. And in fact, it's actually transformed and changed my life for the better. Like it's God's greatest gift to me. Quick break to talk to you guys about Aura Organics. I've been loving Aura Organics. Trust your gut. 
I'm always focused on my gut health and everything like that because it really plays a part in my mental health. Like your gut and your mental health are totally connected. So I was just really, really excited about this. And it's been extremely effective, but also productive because I can just put it in a smoothie. I can put it in anything. Aura Organics Trust Your Gut Probiotic and Prebiotic Supplement contains some of the world's most powerful probiotic strains, along with prebiotics to help the good bacteria thrive in your gut so probiotics work smarter, not harder, which you know we love. If you didn't know, probiotics support optimal digestive health and healthy gut bacteria. So it's really great support for bloating and just common digestive issues. It's highly researched and a mix of probiotics in your gut have also, like I said, been linked to having a strong immune system and can even impact your mood. And those are two things that I really, really need to focus on. They do have it in a capsule or a powder format. And so it's really great for smoothies or like adding to oatmeal. I really think you guys should check out Aura. They have a variety of products. It's your one-stop shop for clean quality plant-based nutrition that works. They have over 10,000 five-star reviews from happy online customers not just me they have real health benefits they have incredible ingredients it's clean they're radically transparent and they're focused on quality control they test every single batch of its products at a third party laboratory and they publish all their test results for your view on their website you have nothing to lose just try aura products and if you're not happy for any reason within 60 days you can get a full refund no questions asked get 30 percent off your first subscription when you text mood to 64,000. text mood to 64,000 and get 30 percent off your first subscription that's mood to 64,000. message and data rates may apply term supply available at aura organic slash terms back to the podcast Do you think that when you said, you know, you got the diagnosis and you got on the plane to go, you know, back home, do you think it was the label as well that made it even because, you know, you said there was nothing to see on social media and podcasts to listen to. Was it the label, obviously, as well as how you were feeling, but then getting labeled like that, getting clinical, was that kind of a tough pill to swallow because you now had to identify with this clinical term? Yeah, you know, there was... Or was it more, like, hopeful because you were like, now I know what's wrong with me, quote-unquote? No, it was it was terrifying. Right. But it was also incredibly, um, what's the word, validating? Right. Because for so many years, I would be like, Mom, Dad, I feel like men are following me home. Like, I'm afraid someone's in my trunk. I know I looked, but I just feel like there's someone there. Like, I was losing touch with reality, and I couldn't mm. quite grasp is this just like what growing up is like in, in high school, they're like, well, maybe she's just hormonal. Like maybe this is just, you know, hormones. And so I think for so many years, I didn't have the vocabulary and society wasn't at a point where it could really recognize things. And so I never knew if what I was experiencing was normal or if I was correct to kind of ring the bell and be like, Hey, over Mm -hmm. here, need help. So when they gave it to me, I remember she called me manic depressive I walked home to my apartment. I don't remember. I like blacked out in the, in the room. I walked home to my apartment with my two best friends in college. And I looked at my phone and it said, what is manic depressive? And it said bipolar disorder. And I just started crying hysterically, like shaking. I was having an internal fit. I called my dad. I was on the next flight home because I didn't know anyone who even had a depression diagnosis at that point. So getting that diagnosis in the beginning was very scary. And then it allowed everybody to kind of take it very seriously. And so I got a treatment plan and I I was a lot more serious than I think. And then I used it as a crutch. And then I used it as an excuse to not take accountability or be responsible or grow into my adulthood. Like, oh, sorry, I'm bipolar. Like, I can't go to the birthday party. I have so much social anxiety. And then it kept me small. So I think that these diagnoses can provide a lot of benefit and a vehicle forward, but you have to be honest about when you are leaning on it as a crutch and when it's actually keeping you and restricting you to the box. Yeah, because, you know, I think too, it's it's not one size fits all, even though, you know, medically and clinically, obviously there's definitions, there, there's, you know, yeah. All that stuff, but you obviously, you know, just because you have bipolar doesn't mean entrepreneurship is the solution, right? Like that was yes. your yes. thing for you. And so I think that. Uh, like I, I say it's unique because I think your journey has been really unique in such a way too where you know I think it's similar to mine as well of oh we go through these mental health struggles and then we find this creative and business entrepreneurial outlet and I mean for me honestly at times I think you kind of mentioned this with you know scouts agency but for me at times I find it 
very hard, but I don't have anything to compare it to, to be an entrepreneur because I'm like, sometimes like, I don't want to show up because I'm anxious and I'm depressed and it's like, I have to show up. And I always like, that's why I look at you and I'm like, I can't believe how many employees you have. I'm like, well now I'm like, I, you know, I could barely have two assistants because I had to show up for like two whole people. Like I can ignore my managers and stuff. And so I think that, you know, how do you kind of, or over the years, I guess, like how have you kind of dealt with like those days? I mean, obviously those few jobs that you, you know, quote unquote, couldn't hold down when you were at a different place though. Like how do you manage showing up even when, you're not in a good place, but you're responsible for your own career at this point. Yeah. You know, I think that when you are the owner of a business, it comes with a lot of chains and it comes with a lot of freedom and it's like dancing in between those. I think we naturally think responsibility doesn't equate to freedom, but I think that in responsibility, we find greater freedoms. So, and I also, before I answer this question, I want to point out that like different businesses are for different people. Like Mads is launching her app and she's getting investors. Like, fuck no, like never, never in my fucking life will I get a goddamn investor. Like I would die, right? Like that That's is- interesting. That is I, not- I'm surprised to hear you say that. No, I don't want a goddamn Why boss. Why not? That's a boss. You know what? That's a boss. You know- That's a boss. Uh, no, no way. You don't want some money though for it? I can make my own money. I can make my own Go off, money. sis. I'm changing OKSIS to go off sales. I like to make my own money every single month. I don't want anyone else's. Like I don't want that. So- Maddie does it and it's like normal for her. She's like, yeah, that I'm going to raise money. And I was like, I would never be in a business that raises money. Some people are in a business where, you know, they don't work for three months out of the year. Like, it's just, it, you have to find what works for you. But yes, like today I have six employees. I have like 20 clients Insane. at a time. I have an office rent. Like there's, there's, response- which is so gorgeous, by the way, you guys need to go follow her Instagram for Scouts Agency because it's absolutely stunning, smart and beautiful. Yeah, Continue. It's very beautiful. It's like a concrete palace, which is my, which is my jam. <laughs> um, you know, it started small. So I remember the first time I hired an employee, I almost threw up for 24 hours. I was so fucking scared. The second time, the same thing happened to me. The third time, you know, I only wanted to puke for three hours instead of 24 <laughs> And now I'm like, oh, we need someone else. Look at the money. Okay, yeah, hire someone. Here's what we can do. So it's a muscle that you grow over time. It wasn't like I woke up one day and I have six people under me that I'm responsible for. Granted, my growth was very quick. We've grown 600% since year one. We've only been in business for three and a half years. And I'm someone who is very comfortable being in the discomfort. And I'm very impatient. So I push myself. But at this point, you know, for me, hiring a management person in between me and my account managers and my assistant was very imperative because I actually don't like managing people. Like that's not mm. like, I don't want everyone slacking me all day. I don't want to be answering a million questions. So I hired our director of clients, Heather, to manage all the account managers and oversee client health in general. So as you grow, you're able to put systems that you're not like responsible for everything. We all have our jobs. We stay in our lanes. Um, but you know, on days, where I can't show up. I think it's like going to the gym, you go and then you feel better afterwards. And so I'm always asking myself, would my future self benefit from me actually showing up or would my future self benefit from a mental health day? And I am very honored and privileged that I get to, you know, email or Slack my assistant and be like, clear the day. Like, it's just not happening today. I need a day, but I don't abuse that because I have abused it in the past. Like I have been like, Oh, I don't feel well. Can't show up. Bye. And that's really not served me. So just because it's uncomfortable and just because you have anxiety and just because you might be sad that day, that's not necessarily an indication that it's time to take a mental health day. Uh, What you might actually need is to show up for your responsibilities and be accountable because that gives you a sense of purpose and confidence. So, but yeah, if I need a mental health day, I probably take like five a year at this point. Like I probably, I'm like, yo, clear my calendar and need some time. Um, And I can do that. But I would prefer to show up because I do believe that that's what my future self needs for me. I I absolutely love that so much. And I think, you know, that's why I always say make the choice and then be confident. And like you made the choice, stick with it. And really being able to kind of 
think through that in a sense of, am I just going to take the mental health day and then feel guilty about it the entire time? Then what's the point of taking it, right? Yeah. So I think that's something I've definitely learned within myself of sometimes, I even say on the podcast, sometimes I'm like, just get the thing done now. Like you're thinking about it, do it, get it done. And you're right. It gives you something to be proud of yourself for. And that's really, really important when you are someone that has a lot of anxiety and thoughts and all these things, because then that's such a positive thought that you did all by yourself. And I think that, you know, a lot of times too, everything's going on in my brain and I can't even kind of, you know, put the story of even my own journey together because of just, I'm so focused on like you are like being hardworking and keeping going. So how was it kind of writing your kind of story out, um, in the emotional entrepreneur book and kind of laying it all out there? And like, what was that process like for you emotionally and just work-wise? So writing the book, weirdly, was the easiest thing I've ever done. Um, I remember you saying that. Yeah. I was so jealous. It's so easy. Business, hard. Like, I'll give it to it. Like, I'm honest yes. about where I struggle, where shit's hard. Um, but when I decided, I think what was really helpful for me is that when I decided to write a book, I've always wanted to write a book. It was my first career goal when I was, like, five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it has to be the right time, and it has to be the right concept, and it has to be the right book for you. And I really, really came on that. I hired Rhea from Rightway to help me create a proposal and an outline and really think about what my book was. And I played to my strengths. So I've been writing my whole life. That's the first thing I've done. It's the first thing I love to do. And I know that I have always had a difficulty writing long form short stories or long form essays or long form formats. I always write very like more like flash fiction or flash nonfiction And so I knew that writing my first book, the chapters had to be short and bite-sized because that's just how I naturally write. So I was setting myself up to write in the way that I invest at. So I was like, okay, if it has to be short, bite-sized things, my first book shouldn't necessarily go into one thing very in-depth. My book is like, it's called The Emotional Entrepreneur. It's the emotional guidebook to entrepreneurship, and it's comprised of 25 emotional lessons. Any one of those less lessons, like reframing your anxiety to, sorry, reframing pregnancy, like I like mix fucking words up, <laughs> reframing your relationship to anxiety or getting an ROI on your pain or living with uncertainty or figuring out your money mindset, those could all be books, every chapter. Yeah, right. So I told myself, my first book, I want to be more general. I want to be more applicable to like a mass audience. And I want them to be short chapters. And so that's how I came up with this format. And then I wrote the outline with Rhea. And so I had a summary about what every chapter was going to be about. So by the time it came to write it, I wrote it in like a month and a half. It was not difficult. It flew out of me. And also these were things that I have been talking about on my podcast and percolating with my coach and working on personally. So these were topics that I intimately knew well and felt that I had something to say. So when it came time to write, one, writing being one of my natural gifts, two, organizing the book to play to my strengths, and then three, really organizing and understanding what the book was for, who it was for, what it was about. By the time I wrote it, it was like it slipped out of me. I mean, you really set yourself up for success from the beginning, which I think is applicable into so many different parts of people's life, like really playing to your strengths, Mm -hmm. delegating where you need help. And I think it's really important that people remember just that behind a successful woman is just like smart delegation and like really being able to understand your strengths, your weaknesses, Mm -hmm. and how you are going to best succeed, not how other people say success is made. And I think that there are, like you said, so many lessons in the book. Is there kind of a general consensus or something that has surprised you from like your readers that like they're really gravitating towards? I think what surprised me is that so many women felt as if the emotional challenges of entrepreneurship, like that they were the only ones feeling that and that mm-hmm. that meant something about their purpose. So I Interesting. I wrote the book because when I started Scouts Agency, I was like, holy shit, I am a people pleaser and I started a client-based industry and I can't turn mm-hmm. this off and I'm sick to my stomach if a e- client emails me anything that's unfavorable in the slightest. And I recognized that the success of my agency was not going to be about my marketing campaign, my ability to manage a PL. The success of Scott's agency was going to be me breaking through that emotional insecurity and emotional pattern that I have. And so I hit a six-figure revenue year one, not because I knew what the fuck I was doing. I've never worked in PR people, okay? I'm a college dropout. I had zero connections. Like 
the reason I was successful was because I emotionally showed up for every challenge that came my way. Mm-hmm. And I emotionally worked on myself. I looked at my business as a reflection and map towards my personal development. And then I was talking to my friends and women that were highly educated, highly resourced, highly connected, weren't starting their businesses, not because they couldn't do it today and have people behind them and have money and have this and have that, but because they were afraid, because they didn't believe in themselves, because they were worried about what people would think. They didn't understand how to handle uncertainty when it came to income. And so I said, this is just an emotional game. Like this is all this is. This is an emotional game. And I was so shocked at how emotional it was having come from like 12 years of therapy. You think I'd like kind of know how to do this, right? And even I was like, whoa, I feel like I'm hit by a boulder. So that's why I wrote the book. And I was just so shocked at the amount of women who were like, I'm crying at page five. I feel like you wrote this for me. I didn't know that other people felt this emotionally powered, whatever, strong about their businesses. And that's like, I I knew it would resonate, but I was a little bit worried about combining mental health and business because I guess that, Mm. that isn't like a topic people talk about, but I was shocked at how many people I think in the dark have been struggling on an emotional mental health wise because of their businesses, but knowing that their business is their purpose and they're in alignment. And so not to like, not to like experience discomfort and be like, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to be doing this, but rather Mm. looking at it as an invitation, like, no, I just have to strengthen this part of myself because this is the path that I meant to walk down. And so that's what I was a little bit shocked by is that how universal the challenge was. That a hundred percent. And then, I mean, now that you are both an author and podcaster and boss, and now you're pregnant, how has your mental health been now that you've been, I mean, caring for like six months? Like I, how are you dealing with every, like everything growing literally within business and within your body and changing your life? You know, (laughs) pregnancy has been an extremely large initiation for me. And I've gone through many phases and I'm so grateful to have gone through them and they were very challenging at times. Mm -hmm. So before I got pregnant, it took me a year and a half. I had a conversation with one of my mentors. She's not a mom, but she's this very successful entrepreneur. And I said, Hey, maybe I'm not supposed to be a mom. Like maybe I'm supposed to be like just an entrepreneur. Like maybe the career path is just the one for me. And I'm worried now because I'm not getting pregnant. So I'm having all this time to think about it. Like what's going to happen to me when I give birth and and become a mom? Because my identity and my fulfillment and my confidence and my, where I feel the most empowered is in business. It just is. Mm -hmm. And there is a reality and a truth to carrying and having a child that changes that dynamic significantly. And so I was asking myself all the questions. Then I went through an intense spiritual clarity awakening about a month honestly like two weeks before I conceived it was a crazy like come to God like I was on my knees crying hysterically in my shower telling God no this is exactly what I want I want to be a mom I'm very clear on it and I'm not negotiating my desires with you I'm telling you what I desire and I went through a crazy like manifestation process and literally two weeks later conceived like the first time my husband and I tried in the new house and there was all this crazy fucking stuff going on. Like crazy. Like we picked the nursery room before, like, before we bought it. And there was a cockroach in there when I went. And if you look it up, that's the symbol of fertility in the nursery. And I was like, Shut up. I was like, this is crazy. I've never been so grateful that a cockroach is in my house. Um, yeah, right. And then I got pregnant and then the first week was bliss. I had never felt that type of meaning in my life. And then I got very fucking sick. <laughs> for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, months pretty much. And my output and my ability to create and my ability to lead and dream and be passionate and fulfilled just went out the fucking window. And I was just contained mostly to my bed. I had to step back. I think I was operating at like 20 to 30% capacity, if that. And someone who struggles with a mental health problem and then you take them out of the things that make them feel confident you take right. them out of their morning routines you take you you literally put, put you you upside down the whole fucking thing right I couldn't even do my morning routine I got very depressed and um I was scared I was like I want to feel like myself like I don't feel like me 
my business took a little bit of a slump one month because I wasn't able to be there. And then I was starting to feel the pressures of being an entrepreneur and being a mother. And now I have a mortgage and like all these things. And I, I went through it for a couple weeks. I was like, this is insane. I can't believe women go through this. It reframed my entire relationship to feminism and what I was taught. Right. And um, it was a really, really deep uncovering and like completely transforming me. And I was like, there has to be a reason this is happening to me. Like there has to be a reason my baby girl is giving me this difficult of a pregnancy. And then in the last couple of weeks, that reason was revealed. And it's because she was completely changing everything, like throwing my routines out the window, throwing my output out the window. And then I was like, okay, since I can't be as productive, I have to cut the fat in all areas. And then mm. she provided me with a very clear vision forward for my business that was focused and aligned. It allowed me to say no to all the fluff all of a sudden. It allowed me to get very clear on where I want to take my business. It allowed me to get very clear on how I want to spend my days. And all of a sudden, she was healing me in so many ways. And like, I can say now at this point, like, I love her beyond what I can even explain. I cry and I haven't even met her. And I'm so <laughs> excited to be a mom. And I'm so grateful that she turned my life upside down for four months straight so that I could reorganize this shit and get really clear. And I now know that those paths are totally clear. And like, my business will fucking soar next year. Like there's just no if, ands, or buts. And my life and my heart is going to create like a new chamber that I didn't even know was possible, which will be being her mom. And so it's beautiful and it's messy and you get shameful thoughts and you get scared. But I think that I'm so grateful that I allowed myself to be really introspective during those moments and really, really like do hypnotherapy and reparent little me and talk about my motherhood wounds and what being an entrepreneur means and what feminism means to me and come out the other end with clarity. And I know that when she's born, it will be a whole other initiation. Um, so now I'm like happy and grateful and look so cute with my bump. And I was going to say, I do look amazing. Thank you. You like literally look so cute. I'm like, oh my God, pregnancy goals. Like you just like turn to the side, you pop out your little bump. And I feel like, you know, honestly, like, thank God you had those four months so that it's not like, oh my God, she comes and you're like, wow, that's okay. You've already already fucked up my life a little bit. (laughs) Like I I don't fully know what to expect, but I know that it's, I'm, I'm able to get, at least get through those four months. get through probably like sleep training and all that shit because mm-hmm. I mean at this point everyone I follow that's you know around our age is like having a baby and I'm like I'm over here going out like getting pizza and beer and like being like you, oh wow they're starting sleep training you are living the life I am like Kirsten living through your Instagram I'm like god I wish I could well, day drink well you're also on the close friends story so yeah, you, know, you, Sorry, you, no. you know the vibes you know the vibes I forget well, that no, you know <laughs> No, I know, because you get to see, like, me and my friends, like, doing all the crazy shit before it makes it to TikTok. But I'm, like, literally just – I feel like you are exactly what I needed to hear today, and I hope everyone – like loves and appreciates this conversation as much as I truly truly did and obviously they need to go read your book they need to follow you listen to your podcast so please direct them to you because honestly I'm gonna not be selfish and then make you tell me a bunch of personal advice so I'll just like save that for a later date and you can they can go to you for other stuff oh I love you you guys can follow me on Instagram at Scott Sobel that's the best place you can find my book there, all my podcasts, my agency, you know, all the link in bio, all that good shit's all there. All the good shit. You can DM me. I'll answer you. I like talking about mental health stuff and all that good things. So that's probably the best place to find me. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I adore you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Mood. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and I am so grateful for you guys. Make sure to go to shoplaurenelizabeth.com to get whatever is left on the site because it doesn't come back, you know? I mean, you might as well. Follow me on Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth and follow Mood with Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram for mood boosters all throughout the week and so I can repost your stories. Make sure to check out the YouTube videos for even more, youtube.com slash lovelaurenelizabeth, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.